Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. We'll have this story at the bottom of the hour. Airline cancels $5 billion Boeing order, which is a big deal. $5 billion. And uh, some more details coming out on the whole safety thing and what didn't didn't happen. And some are a little shocking, so stay tuned. So those of you who listen to the Armstrong and Getty Show a little or a lot are familiar with the fact that we have been pushing for Professor Joshua Clover of the University of California, Davis, to get booted off a campus for repeatedly advocating the killing of cops. David French, who is the is a senior writer for the National Review and senior fellow at the National Review Institute, uh, wrote a piece recently that uh, is entitled, There's a Fake Outrage Machine on the Right Also, and suggests that we are part of said fake outrage machine. Oh, there's a fake outrage machine on both sides, no doubt about it. Absolutely true. This is not one of those instances. We disagree, but uh, so we've invited Mr. French to come on the show and talk about the issue in general and in our little uh, corner of the world. David, how are you, sir? 
I'm good. How are y'all? Excellent. Hey, listen, uh, we're especially interested in having this discussion with you because before uh, we we joined in the call to get rid of this guy, we discussed both on and off the air whether it was the sort of thing which we hate, which is calling for somebody's job because we don't like something they said, as opposed right. to calling for someone's job for uh, you know a serious offense, something deserving of it. And right. we have the stance of if somebody says something crazy and then they say, ah, I lost my head or I was trying to make a joke or whatever, we let people, okay, fine then. Left, right, and center. On. I can respect that. Yeah, you should right. be able to move on from that. This guy has been asked repeatedly, you actually mean that? Yeah, I think cops should be murdered. So what, what are we getting wrong, in your opinion? Well, there's a so there's a legalistic aspect of this that isn't pregnant uh, isn't pregnant isn't present in uh, say the Tucker Carlson case that I think is important, and then there is uh, sort of the cultural aspect. So the legalistic aspect of it is that because he's a public employee, he enjoys First Amendment rights, and as repugnant as that speech is, it's protected by the First Amendment. The, there are there there's a long line of case law. That indicates that even if you're talking about violence, even if you talk, for example, about the violent overthrow of the U.S. government, even if you talk, there's a Supreme Court case involving someone who is saying that uh, if he was drafted, the first thing he'd do when he got a rifle is go after President Johnson, uh, that there is a wide berth of protection, even for speech this repugnant. And so, therefore, you have a First Amendment issue present here in the case. And, and the fact that he's a, a public official factors in exactly how for folks who aren't into this sort of thing? Yeah, so a public official is able to speak uh, on a matter of what's, what's called a matter of public concern, which generally means a matter of public controversy. So uh, they're going to enjoy First Amendment protected rights. So, for example, if I'm um, upset because uh, someone keeps drinking too much of the coffee in the faculty lounge, that's not a matter of public concern. But Police community relations definitely are a matter of public concern. So uh, public employees still have these First Amendment rights, especially when they're not speaking in their official capacity. Uh, Okay, fair enough. That's the the legalistic part of it. I'm curious about the other half. So the other part of it is, and this is something that I'm, I'm concerned about in particular, is so there is a difference in my mind between um let, let me let me just move it to like the the, the Fox News scenario let, to, to help sort of understand the differences. So Tucker Carlson is going about his business. Um, some of the things he says on his show are controversial. Some are not. What Media Matters does is not it, it critiques his show, of course. But what Media Matters does is it goes back, finds a bunch of old things that he says, and brings them forward as a new controversy to say, you know, you called Iraqis primitive, semi-literate monkeys, what do you have to say about that? And the reason why I call that fake outrage is it's not because it's not that um, it's fake to be upset at the primitive, semi-literate monkeys. It's that the whole enterprise, the whole exercise of digging around in somebody's past with the hope of finding something really bad is a process that's destructive. And people who are engaged in it, it's not like when the Media Matters found this quote by Tucker, that they immediately started weeping for the hurt feelings of Iraqis. Right. It was, yes, we've got him now. And one of the things that I think is disturbing that I have seen happen time and time again 
on college campuses is there's there's a version of this that occurs often involving relatively obscure professors who are quite radical. Either it's something they might say, you know, in contemporary, you know, they they might publish an article or have an appearance on MSNBC or whatever. Or, you know, you go through, you don't like them, you hear they're radical. So you go through and you try to find something that they've said that's really, really bad. And then it doesn't mean it's not bad what they've said, but the entire enterprise, the entire object here is to find the offensive speech, elevate the offensive speech, and then uh, punish the offensive speaker. Right, okay. And, and that's what I object to. Okay, and and well said. Well said, and we agree with you, actually, on that point. Counterpoint, uh, students on campus... He's a jerk. That's my counterpoint. In a, that's a, in a strong point made. <laughs> well, well said. Um, students on campus had been hearing there's a professor that advocates killing cops. And they thought that was amazing, so they set about trying to figure out if it was true and who was saying it. And they found this Professor Clover and his tweets from 2014 and and an, an interview, a rather lengthy interview with San Francisco Weekly, I believe it was. And, and frankly, David, I was a little surprised you left this quote out of your article because it's awful. And it's one that's been discussed over and over again. People think that cops need to be reformed. They need to be killed. Okay. Having said that, in Davis, California, a five-minute walk from various university facilities, a young police officer was gunned down in cold blood, slaughtered, 22-year-old woman, gunned down. And in the wake of that shooting, Clover stands by his remarks and says, currently, I have nothing. Well, he has refused to to change his opinion. He's refused to change what he says, to soften it, to walk it back, anything. So he stands there in the community pro-cop killing as cops are gunned down. Now, uh, the First Amendment, I'm a First Amendment freak, and I love I love protections that go that far. I don't resent them. I like them. On the other hand, there have to be things so repugnant, so awful, that... The community as a whole can say, no, tenure will not protect you, especially well, given given the monochromatic ideology of college campuses. The people have to have a say in how people's universities are run. Now, I, I'm not for a witch hunt for everybody who goes against the, you know, the, the 51 percent majority view, because that would lead to, to exactly what, you know, we don't want to happen. Well, yeah, I I understand what you're saying, and I would say that there is there are actual legal doctrines that support that there is speech that is so dangerous, for example, that it can be punished. And for example, uh, speech that can be punished is speech that's inciting or incitement. Uh, and now, someone might say, well, his speech was incitement because he advocated for cops kill, uh, killing cops, and a cop was actually killed, which is horrifying. Um, but incitement has legal definitions, and and so actual incitement isn't incitement involves trying to uh, ask people or demand that people engage in imminent lawless action. So imagine you're on the courthouse steps, and you've got a pitchfork uh, wielding mob in front of you with torches, and you say, "This Burn is down one of my fantasies." Hall. By the way, go on. <laughs> In that case, what you've got is incitement because you're right. inciting imminent lawless action. But otherwise, you know, and there are other kinds of speech like obscenity and uh, child pornography and kinds of direct 
targeted harassment of individuals. So there's lots of things where um, uh, speech can be limited and regulated uh, and is not protected by the Constitution. This is not one of those circumstances. Man, I think it's slicing it pretty thin, whether it's incitement or not. But um, just in general, I I know it's actually not. It's pretty clear under the jurisprudence, which doesn't make it any less repugnant. I mean, that's the thing that we have to say is there's a you can condemn the heck out of this guy and should he's awful <laughs> he's terrible uh, but the difference is when do you go from condemning him and condemning his speech and in this case in this case is when we do right. um and this doesn't refute your argument but if he were uh if he mentioned regularly in class i think abortion is murder or that i'm a donald trump supporter how, how long do you think he would last <laughs> standing up for those free speech comment- comments. Yeah, he would not last long, and then he'd win his federal lawsuit. I mean, this is this is something that happens all the time on college campuses. Is colleges are uh, impose ridiculous double standards on speech, and it's one reason why they lose in federal court time and time again because they will bring down the hammer on certain kinds of speech and stand up as guardians of the First Amendment on other kinds when the when justice. When, when, uh, when the actual First Amendment requires viewpoint neutrality from them. And so they lose cases. Heck, I've litigated against colleges for more than two decades. And That's going to be satisfying time time work. Time again, you know, there was a time, I, I, I don't know if it's still true, but it, it might be, but there was a time when I think I'd sued more universities than any uh, other constitutional lawyer in the U.S. And, and what ends up happening is these universities lose these cases time again, pay attorney's fees, pay damages. Um, but you're right. The double standard is very real. And UC Davis has been uh, is is has had its own issues with double standards sure. in the not too distant past. Right. David French, senior writer for National Review, senior fellow at the National Review Institute and uh, a joiner in of people disagreeing and not hating each other. How, <laughs> how lovely. David, hey, uh, a real pleasure. Thank you for the time. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate All it. All right, let's do it again. Thanks. Yeah, well, you know, you get a whole bunch of lawyers together, you get different opinions. I don't agree with him that it is not a pretty thin difference. At a time when cops are being gunned down around the country mm-hmm. for a professor to say, I think cops should be killed, I don't right. think it, it is clearly not inciting violence against cops, as David French does. Well, and I would love to see the case adjudicated of a professor who repeatedly... Uh, expresses something not only illegal but horrific and repugnant that arguably has had horrible repugnant results and the if the board or the chancellors what's the term whatever the the poobahs of the university of california all say we can't have this guy teaching young people and get rid of them i'd like to see that case tried yeah yeah me too yeah i'd like to hear the arguments we do have clips of the week coming up which we should get to Anytime we talk universities, you always play pomp, pomp and circumcision. Yeah. Is there any? Uh, are there any other choices, I Michael? Look the for theme some other stuff. from Back to College or uh, Animal House. Or, okay. What's your look. alma mater? Play the fight song. Right, Just, the Notre Dame fight song. Something. I admit I'm being lazy. All right then. Awesome. All Our, is forgiven. What do you think? Our text line four one five two nine five KFTC. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The River.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. Wipe the footprints off my dash That's hilarious, Sean. Trying to figure out what something was on our Twitter feed. It's a, it's a GIF. Or do you say GIF? I don't. I say GIF. And, Apparently uh, you do. <laughs> Sean said we're devolving into hieroglyphics and GIFs. Yeah. <laughs> Emojis and GIFs is hieroglyphics. Yeah, international travel. I won't need to use a, a translator. I'll just have emojis on my phone, show them the pictures of how do I get to the airport. Right. And that's, you know, I, I, I really do think there's some weird international emoji language that's going to be developed. Sure, this, I wonder. this is how I feel about your restaurant. <laughs> I know which emoji I do. Yes, and well, yes, that one's <laughs> popular. Uh, so listen, we need to uh, follow up on our conversation with David French about uh, the pro-cop killing professor. Um, but first, let's take a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. What I can say is that it is clear that this is one of New Zealand's darkest days. I told the Prime Minister that the United States is with them all the way. They can go to Tinder and find a date tonight to find that special person who's going to make the difference in their lives. To prepare for the role of a porcupine, what I imagined, conveniently, was that porcupines sound a lot like me. Many other celebrities suffer from something called acquired situational narcissism. We can have national voting, and that means get rid of the electoral college. I myself have always been for lowering the, vote, the voting age to 16. I think it's really important to capture kids when they're in high school. You said call 911. Do you understand that the police have told us to vote you all out so that they can do their jobs? And you're telling us to call 911? People in my generation are likely to change careers more often than our parents change jobs. And this has serious consequences for our understanding of, uh, of community, of where we fit in. Um, and there are some very ugly things that will move in to fill the void if we've lost that sense of community, that sense of identity that used to come from the workplace. I also filled out my bracket for the 64 people running for president. That was... Yeah, I have Gonzaga beating Hickenlooper. That is... Uh... <laughs> You know, if Sean had had time, I'd have urged him to edit in the, some of that tape from the Seattle City Council meeting we played earlier this morning, which is so great. It's unbelievable. The videos at armstrongandgetty.com. So we got a bunch of texts about our interview talking about the, um, the professor we've been trying to get fired who advocates the killing of policemen. And uh, our guest, Mr. French, talking about it being a free speech, speech issue and that sort of stuff. We got this text. We are The first five words in the First Amendment are, Congress shall pass no law. We're not asking the professor to be fired by congressional edicts. We're asking him to be fired because as consumers, we don't want a jack wagon teaching outrageous, ridiculous stuff to our students. The problem I have with that is every group thinks there are so many different jack wagons that they need to be fired by popular consent of going after advertisers right. or whoever. And it just never ends. Yep. Which is why we did not take this decision lightly to go after this guy. Not at all. I love the idea of the free exchange of ideas. And that guy shouldn't have a job. And I abhor the the absence of it, which is almost every college campus. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? A bad, bad day for Boeing. Instagram cracking down on anti-vaxxers. And Americans are spending billions each and every year drunk shopping. Coming up. 
Yeah, this Instagram thing is... you're criticizing my hobbies. This Instagram thing is interesting. I can't believe this is such a fiery issue. Uh, Stay tuned. You are listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Anybody see uh, any of Fox's reporting on the end of ISIS? They're, as far as I know, the only American uh, team that was that close to the action. Yeah. Had a reporter right there where they were battling at the end. Benjamin Hall, I believe. Oh, good to have his name. Yeah, right there. And, and like, being told, uh, they're on their way, get out. And And a couple of days ago. And talked about after days and weeks and really years of, uh, of battling ISIS, all of a sudden it just went quiet takes a certain type to be an embedded reporter, man. I'll tell you. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yep. But all of a sudden, <laughs> Reed just... War is Boring by... What was his name? Well, Google it. You'll figure Herman it out. Melville. No. I did the joke, guys. I did it. He did it. <laughs> yeah, well you did. Yeah, yeah, you did. But he said uh, that all of a sudden, it went quiet, and it was because we got them all. There's nothing left. Right. That would be the weird part of the end of a war. A bunch of them gave up, too, and said, I don't want to be in ISIS anymore, so uh, please don't kill me. Yeah. Which is a heck of a decision. Let's get the news now, Marsha Phillips. Well, if there's a feature that increases safety on an airplane, shouldn't it be included in the price of the plane? You'd think so, but apparently Boeing was charging extra for two safety features on their 737 MAX aircraft. With the revelation of that news, Boeing is now changing the plan. Usually options are like leather or a better stereo, not do you want the warning light that tells you when your engine's super hot. Well, how much that is... comes with the car. How much is a la carte on an airplane? Are they learning from the airlines? How many wings you want with that? Well, we were kind of assuming there'd be two. Well, we well, throw in one, but the other one's an option. Right. It's up to you. It's another 10000 bucks. After crashes in Ethiopia and Indonesia, Boeing says that one of two safety features will now come standard on the new 737 MAX, but it will continue to charge for the other. The feature that will now come standard is a warning light that will let pilots know there's a problem with various sensors, that the sensors are giving contradictory signals. So I guess it's seen, because not all safety features that are available on cars come with the car. You can pay more for more airbags and all that sort of stuff. Right. I would have think the, the thing ain't working right button would come with the plane. Right. That's not a luxury. It should be noted that neither feature, for whatever reason, is really required by the FAA, but according to reports, the two 737 MAXs that crashed didn't have either features because of those charges. The Indonesian airline, Garuda, is canceling a nearly $5 billion order for Boeing's uh, MAX jets. A Garuda official saying the airline's passengers have lost confidence in the aircraft after the two crashes. So they had ordered 50 planes, they took one of them, and they've canceled the order for the rest. And that's $5 billion with a B. Yes, correct. All right, got to check in. How is the news of the day affecting the markets? It's time for Positive Sean's one-word market report. Uh, the market is scared. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, they're looking at the data, and it's scared. <laughs> okay. Insta- the data. <laughs> Good thing to look at, I guess. The, the global data, specifically. Oh, seems to be where the stare is coming from. You know, all this talk about the presidential election, and we're all doing this static yeah. analysis of as the things are today. We could have, the economy could continue to be good or have a severe downturn. We have no idea. 
which would change everything in the conversation, mm-hmm. or any world event like the stuff you're talking about with everything that's going on in the Middle East right. and uh, some big world event, and then it's a completely different candidates all of a sudden mm-hmm. seem really appealing or right. not appealing at all, depending on the world events. You know, my only comment is that uh, Levi's had an IPO yesterday. The jeans Their stock that I'm, went on exactly. I'm wearing and, Levi's right now, and uh, and and it, it, it was only offered, of course, to institutional investors, and it immediately went up thirty percent because the the fat cats they get they know how to make money by being fat cats and only letting other fat cats do it. But I am uh, I'm it shot straight up. I'm really looking forward to being able to say Levi's pulled down this morning by global <laughs> concerns. <laughs> and actually, the guy who was doing the report, I heard. Said that this was real crack for the market yesterday. No, I was saying, yeah, poor choice of words. Your I pants mean, are saggy, right? You're wearing the wrong size <laughs> Levi's. Do you expect? I only care about the quality yeah. of the pant. Do you expect Levi's jeans to get better as a public company or worse? Jack, I, I don't have the slightest idea. I'm, for some reason, I just guess worse that they're, they're going to cost cutting all of a sudden. They will become obsessed with this quarter's results as opposed to a long-term quality. Yeah, I would guess they'll Their get worse. Quality control is crazy. Because I often order like three of the exact same pair at the right. same time, right. mm-hmm. and they all fit completely sure. different. Completely They're... different. One might be so tight I can't right. wear it, and the other too bag so loose I can't wear it. Yeah. The other one might be just right. They're mm-hmm. made in different countries. That's why. Yeah, the they... same pair, yeah. the same size, right? Came from three different shops. Yep. The mm-hmm. Levi nice. CEO uh, claims to never wash his or never launder his jeans. Sometimes he'll spot clean them. If they get really bad, he'll oh, hand real, wash it. Real, the real denim stuff. Like I've right. got some of those. You don't wash those. Right. That's gross. Those cannot be washed. That's so gross. They're ruined if they're washed. Ugh. Instagram says it's going to be blocking anti-vaccine hashtags and a crackdown on medical misinformation. The platform making the announcement after various media outlets reported about. The continued spread of anti-vaccine misinformation on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram said they're removing the hashtags. going to take several weeks, but they are going to move forward aggressively. Freakiness, speaking of free speech, this is not a free speech issue, but just a free exchange of ideas. Do we want to... Do we want Instagram to not allow that conversation to happen? Is that a good thing? I mean, they get to do whatever they want. I realize that. This reminds me of our discussion with David French earlier. Um. Yeah, I'm uncomfortable with it. I'm Every pro, time I'm pro getting your vaccines, but do yeah. I want that not even to be allowed for somebody to bring up the other side? Every time the big social media decide we're gonna we're gonna get rid of bad stuff, they do a terrible job of it. And and often the policing is worse than the crime. The cure is ironically worse than the disease. So I, I'm not comfortable with it. People are getting hurt, getting sick, dying. Um. And it's their business, so they can run it how they want, but I don't know. That's a tough one. Having a glass of wine or three or four can help you unwind, but it could also cause you to lose lose your grip on your credit card. We got a survey carried out by Finder.com that found Americans spent billions of dollars making drunk purchases in 2018. A poll of a couple thousand adults found the majority admitted to drunk shopping, and 52% claimed their purchases were food-related, as I believe you mentioned earlier. A full 10% admitted to buying cars, and 14% actually booked vacations while they were drunk. Do you know what a theremin is, Marshall? Yes, I do. (laughs) A theremin is a little device that, well, if you move an object away from or closer to its antenna, it makes the... 
sound from uh, like science fiction yes. stuff. That's a theremin. It's a musical instrument? Well, it can be used as a musical it instrument. It makes noise, yes. so anything yeah. can be used as right, a musical it, instrument. It's a noisemaker. I have two theremin. That seems like plenty. Would you like to know why? <laughs> Would you like to know why I have two? One wasn't enough? I'm just drunk. Well, <laughs> I too would like to know why I have two. <laughs> Apparently, I thought it was a very, very good idea whilst uh, enjoying some, some vino. Yes. And uh, got confused or lost concentration or something <laughs> during the transaction and ordered two of them. Well, no, I'm sorry. I ordered one yep. twice. I lost faith that I'd done it properly, I guess. <laughs> Just want to make sure. I don't think I hit checkout. I don't. Oh. So anyway, my son's getting one. Would you like I'm to hear a, a theremin really please? quickly? That's not it. Here it is. This guy's really good, it seems. Is this what it sounds like when you play it? This. No. In short, No. <laughs> That's so beautiful. It's a theremin on uh, Good Vibrations by the uh, Boys of the Beach as well. Oh, yeah. It's probably the most prominent use of the theremin in popular music. And to wrap it up. It's good to have a backup in case, you know. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're playing one on stage in front of tens of thousands and it gives out. Sure. You got the backup backstage. Right. And to wrap it all up, it is estimated Americans plunged $40 billion into drunk spending in 2018. I'm glad that I quit drinking before the smartphone came out, yeah. which was definitely a good thing for me. Because the ability mm. to be drunk and then buy anything anywhere I can get a cell phone signal is not a good thing. Judy and I enjoy a glass of wine or two with dinner, and uh, there's a restaurant that's fairly close to a uh, it's walking distance, actually, which is the point from a Costco. And a couple <laughs> of times we've decided, you know, why don't we uh, go ahead and metabolize the alcohol and just take a walk after dinner through the Costco. This sounds like a good idea, my friends. This is not a good idea. Do not enter a Costco while inebriated at any level. Even a little is too much. Of course I need 20 pounds of beef jerky. No, I used to love canoeing as a kid. I remember family vacations. and Hey, if you rent a canoe... Three times, you, you, you buy it, you paid for it. <laughs> and That's where you got the canoe. I get hungry playing my theremin. I'm going to need the beef jerky. <laughs> yeah, that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm starting a Getty show, the conscience of the nation. And can't expert Im- canoers. Can't imagine all the things I would have bought with some disposable income as a single childless man, a smartphone and drunk. Oh, oh my God. Would have been out of hand. Uh-huh. There it is in the background. That guy's pretty good at it, too. Yeah. It takes a lot of practice. you got to bring it in sometime. Oh, yeah, I'd be happy to. Yeah. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't care if Monday's blue, Tuesday's gray and Wednesday too. Uh, 
by then the show was gone, and so I had to realize, oh, I've been looking through the wrong end of the telescope. Mm. There is more to life than, so tell me about your pet beaver. You know? Yes. Um, <laughs> Who was that guest? <laughs> Martha Stewart. Okay. Uh- David Letterman on Ellen talking about his career and whatnot and his beard, his enormous, enormous beard. I don't watch Ellen's show ever. Um, I catch and, a little down. Probably now. never will. Um, but I miss her doing stand up. She, she did a new one. Oh, did she? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's pretty good. I, I, I love her her vibe, her voice, you know, just have the way she approaches Have comedy. you seen her on the uh, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee with Seinfeld? That's a good one. I don't think I have. That's a real good one. One of the better ones, actually. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I, I'm fascinated, and I, I'm a big fan of hers, but I find her show unwatchable. Like yeah, it's, 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 just, it's not for me. Yeah, I just no, don't it's not care. designed for either one of you guys. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, seems I had one more thing. Oh, I know how Joe's going to spend part of his weekend. That's watching the Motley Crue biopic that comes <laughs> out this weekend. If you wanted a movie about the life of Motley, Motley Crue, it can't, is out. Can't wait. And Joe will be there. I initially responded cynically to the uh, announcement of that movie. Then I thought, you know, I'm sure those fellows engaged in some real nuttiness. Sure it might be, uh, might be entertaining. I'm sure they did. I don't know. I like the Three Stooges. I think it'll probably have an appeal very much like a, how they came up with whatever dumbass song of theirs. I don't care. <laughs> Along the lines of tearing down statues across the country, uh, in some cases I agree with it, but uh, it's, it's just interesting that it's happening. Um, what's wrong with this diorama? You can read all about it. It's the American Museum of Natural History in New York, one of the most famous and best museums in the entire world, Mm -hmm. has been amended in ways that will allow museum goers to see the historical inaccuracy it perpetrates. So they decided rather than take out things that they think are historically inaccurate. What, like a caveman riding a Tyrannosaurus? That sort of thing? That never happened, you see. Now, they had this diorama, and the the example they had was a a classic, and I've seen this, and I don't know how many museums are around in my life. Uh, You had the settlers and the Indians greeting each other, standing there on the shore. yeah. And it's for kids to look at. Anyhow, well, yeah. And it was put in the museum uh, about 100 years ago. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt was behind it somehow. That's why his statue is out front of the museum, which constantly gets defaced, and people are trying to get that taken down because he was a colonialist and a white uh, male and all right. these different things. Well, hence his appearance in the uh, Night at the Museum movies as well. Oh, right. Yeah, that, that's the museum we're talking about. Okay. Um, but so now, instead of... So they were talking about, we got to take this diorama out. There's all kinds of things that are wrong with this. They don't have any women in a leadership role in the tribe. They're all back there while the men are up here and all this different things and... You know, the 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 the, um, the the Europeans actually killed the Indians and all these different things. It's, really? This, I hadn't heard that. This makes it look like it's all happy, happy, joy, joy, men in charge, women in the background. And Doesn't they it? didn't like that. So they thought we should take it out. And then somebody thought, that. no, instead of doing that, how will, we, how will we make it more like about the history of our history? So they left the diorama up and they have this giant glass. And then on the glass is all these little boxes explaining what's wrong with this diorama. Huh. Which is kind of an interesting way to go about it. Some of which are kind of interesting, some of which I think are nitpicking, some of which I just don't agree with at all. Right, Lighten just up. virtue signaling yeah. garbage. But yeah. I, I kind of like the approach, though. You know, I, it's funny. I, the other day, for some reason, started thinking about zoos when I was a kid. And I'm old enough to remember when zoos were 
a horror by modern standards. Uh, I grew up in Chicagoland, went to the Brookfield Zoo, where you had full-sized African elephants in a a cage so small. Well, they could turn around and walk back and forth in it, but it was tiny, given their mass. And it was a concrete floor and bars and maybe maybe like a tire to kick around. And that was it. Man, it made me sad. And, Is that uh, the point of this segment? No. To make us sad? No, but I like it's working. the... I, <laughs> yeah, you've been successful. Yeah, well, yeah. But I like the idea of, of saying uh, museums of the past would do this, for instance, and here's why that's kind of silly. Because if you're into museums, the history of museums is really interesting. On the other hand, I'm sure a chunk of it is virtue signaling nonsense. Yeah, a lo- uh, yeah, some 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 of it definitely is. Plus, was it having how much effect was it having? And when I was a kid, I'd walk by those things, see those things, and like it made almost no impression on me because you, the white male, were represented well in those scenarios. <laughs> I, I just didn't really think about it at all. Um, but, but then once you get a little bit older, you understand that that you know you also don't pay much attention to it. Because it's just kind of a silly. I don't even know why it exists. I wrote a poem about a lion in a cage. I think it was in third grade. That was deeply affecting. They thought I was some sort of poetry prodigy. Really? I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Lions are brown and so are you. No. I saw one yesterday at the zoo. Was no. it like that? It was about loneliness and despair. Oh, geez. Well, that's good for a what? A third grader? <laughs> Lighten up, Francis. You're a weird kid. <laughs> Hey kids, it's that time again. With Armstrong and Getty. There's some cheery youth there. <laughs> they're probably telling you're a project, they're trying to cheer you up. <laughs> Say something nice to him, he's obviously very down. Keep an eye on this kid. <laughs> yeah. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody positive. Sean, what's on your mind? Yeah, we'll hit another couple games from the bracket. We got the, uh, the Aggies taking on the Huskies. Uh, Huskies, man's best friend. They're not going to turn on the agriculturalist. The, the Aggies, the Aggies take on that one. Yeah. You got Cougars versus Panthers, really close to a mirror match there. Woo. But my thought process on Panthers right now is the Marvel movie, The Black Panther, so the technological advantage of vibranium from Wakanda. So I got the Panthers winning that one. Wow. Wow. It's your lock of the week. Marshall Phillips, your final thought. Well, we got another Powerball weekend here. $625 million as of tomorrow night. And once again, I put together my uh, staff gifting list based on how y'all have treated me over the last 48 hours. Oh, boy. And there's been, I got to tell you, a lot of movement. Boy. That means means I got to give another foot rub. Oh, boy. Michelangelo, final thought. Uh, yeah, my um, drunken uh, purchases, it was a stapler and a flashlight, and I bought two of them. It was a combo stapler and flashlight. I yes. thought it was a great idea, and uh, no, it <laughs> hasn't helped my life at all. Stapler and flashlight. Uh, Jack, a final thought for us? We shielded you from this, but there's tremendous buzz been going on in Washington, D.C. for the past dozen hours that the Mueller report is going to drop today because of, very, because of various things. I'm telling you, media, if it doesn't happen today, you got to shut up about it now. You can't keep doing this. You can't keep saying, rumor has it, it's today. You can't keep doing it. Maybe change the First Amendment. Maybe they've earned that. Hey, go to armstrongandgetty.com. All the great clicks are there. God bless America. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from not planning, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. Now the time has come. 
to go. If this still cop was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you some other time! Yeah! <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.